the property pod. 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 pod welcome to the property pod with moneyweb the property sector is an ever-changing sector and in this podcast series your host suren naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property industry Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Property Pod, South Africa's premier property investor podcast. My name is Suren Naidu and on this weekly podcast show, we gain insider insights from leading execs, analysts, developers and entrepreneurs in South Africa's expensive property industry. The Black Friday and Black Friday weekend sales boom has just ended with many shopping centers packed, but the festive season is still ahead. We are talking shopping centers on the podcast today, with uh, this being the peak season for them, with commercial real estate services company Swindon Property. We have the CEO, Andrew Dewey, on the line to share some insights. A warm welcome to the podcast, Andrew. Hi, Serene. Thank you for the invite. Before we kick off into the topic of uh, what's happening in the shopping center space currently from your perspective, tell us a little bit about the group and yourself. How long has Swindon been going? How long have you been MD? And uh, does it purely focus on malls? Thank you. Yes. So so the company has been um, in operation since 2006. Uh, which as of January next year will make it 18 years. I founded the business um, back in 2006 and the initial focus was on commercial and industrial brokering uh, based out of Cape Town. Uh, We then expanded into corporate and tenant advisory services, uh, professional valuations, property management and a live auction platform, a live online auction platform. We now have offices around the country and we also the commercial affiliate for Savills London, which is a a global real estate firm, and we represent uh, their interests and their clients' interests throughout sub-Saharan Africa. Thanks for that, Andrew. Black Friday weekend is over, and we're almost into December. Shopping and malls seem to be a key part of society in South Africa. It's part of our culture, and we love shopping. Why do you think this is the case? I think shopping malls in South Africa, especially your your regional and your super regional centres, um, have always served as a place of entertainment or a destination for for South Africans. So, you know, if we look at some of the some of the issues we face in this country with high crime rates, there's very few places that you can go and safely park your car and take a walk around and have a, and have an entertainment value aspect. Um, so that, that's one thing to consider. The other is um, online shopping is obviously a global phenomenon, but it's it's lagging behind in this country. The reason being um, is that we're probably sitting at stats of around 45% of retail turnover. Behind that is the high cost of data. We also have issues with last mile um, deliveries. Our um, addresses aren't mapped correctly. And then in terms of the data, only out of the 62 million population average, 28 million of those people have internet access. Uh, approximately 21 million use their phones for the access and, and a mere three and a half million engage in online shopping. So I think those factors all play a part in, in creating an environment which is heavily, heavily focused on, on shopping malls. Well, it's interesting if you look what's happening with Checkers and Checkers 6060 that, uh, you know, it's bricks and mortar is a key part of their play in that space. So it's uh, fascinating what's happening on that front. 
what sets South African shopping centres apart from those in other parts of the world? Uh, some would say a shopping centre is a shopping centre is a shopping centre. But I ask this because uh, there was talk about the Armageddon of malls with the boom in online. Now, I know you said online is not as big as in South Africa as it is in other parts of the world, but this whole Armageddon scenario was a big thing in America, particularly a few years back, and that was even prior to COVID. But uh, SA shopping centers have largely been okay and are doing well again post-COVID, it seems. Absolutely. I think, you know, other parts of the world, you have a big segment of the market is high street retail, um, where South Africa has a very small segment uh, allocated to high street. And then you have the other the other factors like the entertainment value of safe space, the low online shopping statistics, um, and all of those factors play a part in, in driving additional development in the, in the malls. You mentioned resilience in SA shopping centers in a recent comment you made on the industry, even with the load shedding, etc. How are they keeping up and reinventing themselves, as you say? Yeah, I think the I think the largest centers and, and most of those are, as you say, owned by the listed sector. They're focusing rather on hospitality as opposed to, to traditional retail. So they're making a better use of of their common areas, they're creating areas of interest throughout the mall with lounges offering Wi-Fi, free Wi-Fi. There's entertainment options like live entertainment or, you know, uh, creating areas to watch the sporting events. I mean, during the World Cup, I think the, a number of the super regional centers had had um, big screens, um, you know, showing all the big matches. So they're converting all those underutilized and redundant spaces into better options for for the customer. I know a good example in Century City in in Cape Town, they've converted uh, two and a half thousand square meters of cinema space into a indoor play park. Um, They're bringing in things like uh, weekend markets and craft markets, brand activations. So the main objective really is to try and extend that dwell time as long as possible. And that's done by, by creating an environment that there's multiple options for for the demographic that's that they're focusing on. Well, uh, there are other shopping centers, I think, in the resilient portfolio as well as Gateway that actually have a, a fun fair inside the mall, and it's quite significant. It's not your small type. It's a, it's an entire section with indoor rides and things. So there's a lot happening in the SA shopping center space. But Andrew, not all centers are thriving, like Canal Walk and and Mall of Africa and Sandton City are are actually doing well, but not all are doing as well. We've heard uh, quite a few shopping centers have come on the market, and some of them are poor performing, such as Forest Hill, which was one of those that were on the market, and that's in Centurion in Johannesburg. What are your general thoughts around this? Yeah, so I think, look, obviously, there's always going to be um, centers that are trading. And, and that's obviously one of the focuses of our business as well is is the trade of or the sale of these shopping centers. Um, you know, things like rising operating costs, there's increased costs of diesel used for the generators for, for load shedding purposes. Um, the retailers themselves are also having to contend with higher expenses in their manufacturing and transport. These are indirectly applying pressure on rentals and renewals. Uh, with the landlords. So Forest Hill was, as you say, as part of that Robosis portfolio, went under business rescue. And that was a portfolio of, of retail centers that traded. They had pressure in servicing their debt levels and they were well above the loan to value ratios that the industry and the, the listed sector are 
um, required to to stay at. Um, so, you know, when you're being placed under pressure to to keep your debt levels down, there's not necessarily budget for improving the common areas and keeping the buildings well maintained, and that has a ripple effect down in terms of your rental rates and the performance of the centre. I mean, we we sold a, just to give you some more insight there. We sold a centre in in Port Elizabeth last year called uh, Moffat on Main. It's a thirty five thousand square meter centre, also a BRP or business rescue appointment. And the reason we had to sell that is because the owners didn't have the funds to maintain the property correctly. They fell behind in terms of the modernising of the tenant mix, and the infrastructure requirements weren't kept up to date. Well, thanks for that. We we don't get to cover the Eastern Cape and, and Port Elizabeth and East London as well as we would like. Uh, so thanks for that insight. Mm. As a group, you national, then you, you have a presence in most of the major markets. Correct. Yeah. So we, we have offices in, in all the provinces um, and uh, yeah, we trade in in the Eastern Cape, Port Elizabeth, as well as uh, the major metropoles. Besides the, that uh, specific property that you mentioned, any notable other sales that the group has been involved with worth mentioning? Um, off the top of my head, we, we sold a centre in, in Durban called Moy River, um, which is, I think, about 15,000 square metre convenience centre. Um, we're busy with two transactions at the moment that are under due diligence, uh, the one is a 25,000 square meter center in Cape Town. Uh, the other one is based in Johannesburg. Most of the regional and super regional, the big centers are normally traded by the listed sector themselves. We normally focus on the uh, what they call the convenience or lifestyle centers, which is your 5,000 to 10,000 square meter or 15,000 square meter centers. Talking about that, I just saw uh, last week uh, GrowthPoint sold one of its older centers that came into it from uh, one of the acquisitions a decade or two ago. Formerly, I think it was called Game City in Durban, but it's changed its name to City View. And, and that's relatively small, but it seems like, you know, there is quite a lot of churn in the industry, as it were. And I know the Ritz talk often about recycling uh, assets. Um, but uh, as a reportedly has the sixth highest number of shopping centers in the world. Are we overshopped with malls and retailers cannibalizing each other, particularly in uh, Joburg? I stay in Joburg and there are some streets where you have several malls in a single street. In the area that I stay, there's three spas within five kilometers of each other. Personally, I don't feel there's too many centers. Uh, I think that there's we're unlikely to see development of of regional and super regional centers in the near future, unless they're obviously on the fringe of a new urban development zone. Uh, but we're more likely to see more neighborhood convenience and lifestyle centers, so the five to twenty five thousand square meter centers. Those larger centers are going to rather refurbish and repurpose their space, as you say, um, and revise those tenant mixes, create those environments to bring in the dwell times. Um, and I think there is going to be competition in the convenience sector market. So, so as you say, three spas next to each other in one road. It's about creating and making sure that the, these developers and owners have the right anchor tenants in place to ensure that demographic is met, um, demographic requirements are met, and then the accompanying line shops to complement to complement as well. So, it's all about getting that tenant mix right, keeping the building up to date, um, modern in line with the consumer shopping experience. And I think, uh, you know, those centers will still continue to perform well. Just to conclude, Andrew, the interest rate was held last week. 
any comments on that? Because that's one of the things. It doesn't just affect homeowners. Uh, many uh, commercial real estate owners have, have complained that high interest rates are impacting their business. Absolutely. I think, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's great to see that it's stayed um it stayed on on point. Um, in an ideal scenario, we would have seen a, a 25% basis point reduction, but hopefully that comes in first quarter of 24. Um, from our side, from a trading perspective, uh, it gives stability in the market. Obviously, every time there's a trade, I mean, there's a there's a change in interest rates. Um, we have to then renegotiate and and um, and engage with our sellers and buyers in terms of the expectations on cap rates um, and returns. So, and there's normally a lag between those interest rate changes and and the and the trading times uh, of those assets. So, for us, stability is 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 important. Um, I think there's still a lot of pressure on on um, on the the commercial market in terms of those interest rates. And I think the debt levels are still a lot higher than that will, what we ideally want. Um, I mean, obviously in the, in the private sector, you're looking at loan to value ratios of 60 to 70% in the listed sector, they're aiming for 40 to 43%. Um, so, so there's pressure on debt levels and that's going to put pressure on, on, on all the other factors that come into play with, with regards to maintenance and, um, tenant retention and lease renewals. And it obviously then has a ripple effect all the way down the chain into the retailers. We'll have to wait and see uh, when that interest rate cut comes, whether it's in the first half or the second half. But Andrew, thanks so much for your time on the podcast today. That was Andrew Dewey, the MD of Swindon Property. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu. To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Suren on Twitter at Suren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories. The Property Pod. Pod.